please note before listening to this episode. Explicit language is used, which may include the dropping of the F-bomb, and adult themes are discussed. If you do not wish to listen to such things, please choose a different episode. Thanks! Hello, and welcome to Ghostlight, the podcast of the Little Theater of Norfolk. I'm Nina. And I'm B.A., and we are your humble hosts for today. Before we get started on today's topic, as per usual, we want to take a look at our community calendar. Yes. Uh, Oh, I got the airs date wrong again. Um, (laughs) You know, we don't say that. It just bothers me every time I get it wrong. Um, But yeah, so uh, the Tidewater Bluegrass Association is still holding bluegrass jams around the area. uh, And they will be back outside of LTN on April 24th, 2021. Wow. Uh, Which also happens to be National Trail Celebration Day. Uh, For those in the area, this was formerly known as Trail Opening Day. Uh, So check out all of the various things that will be happening along the Elizabeth River Trail that day, uh, especially Tidewater Bluegrass Association's Jam, which I believe will start at 2 p.m. and go into the evening. Oh, you can check out that great new Kraken statue down here. Oh, it's really cool. Yeah. 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 Um, Spotlight News is still in existence. In fact, they're celebrating their one-year anniversary. Check out their latest articles. Uh, They're looking for volunteer writers. Contact Spotlight. SpotlightHRNews at gmail.com or find at SpotlightHRNews on Inst- on Facebook, excuse me, for more information. Yeah, we, we haven't we haven't uh, graduated to Instagram yet. <laughs> yeah, no, we're we're working on it. We're working on getting some more people so that we can expand, but we're, we're likely old. gonna <laughs> I think the plan is likely we're gonna expand Twitter next because that like, makes sense. That makes a little more sense for news than than Instagram does in my brain. One of Um, these days we'll be on the TikTok. It's it's a thing. Like by that point in time we will be officially really old. (laughs) Um anyway, uh Push Comedy Theater is restarting their in-person classes next month, which is super awesome. Uh we hope this first group students has a fun and safe time. I have a bunch of friends who are going to be taking like their first improv class ever they're super excited about it um but yeah uh they are also i saw on their facebook they're uh part of the hosts for the shakespeare in the plot which is going to happen july i believe 23rd through 25th the first show for that is going to be romeo and juliet uh, and it looks like they're going to try to turn the whole of the Neon District into the Roaring Twenties. So Ooh. I am super excited to see how that all turns out. That does uh, sound like So fun. yeah, keep an eye on them as they go. And hopefully they're all having a good time. And it's that time of year again. The Virginia International Tattoo is also happening again this year. Acts will be from within the United States rather than their uh, usual imports. And it will be held outdoors at ODU's S.B. Ballard Stadium with a limited socially distanced audience. So that's always a fun time. And I'm imagining tickets are just as hard to come by as they ever were. I would say get your tickets soon if you are. uh, Yeah, because it is definitely one of those things where they're they're, – I can't remember the number of tickets they are limited to, but they are limited by, even though it's an outdoor show, there are still gathering limits for that in the state of Virginia. So if you're going to go, get your tickets soon. Um, Virginia Arts Festival will be having a socially distanced season this spring also, utilizing the brand new Bank Street stage venue. Um, that is an outdoor tent with a stage that's going up uh, beginning of April, so there'll be people starting on that pretty soon. Um, it's at the corner of Bank Street and Charlotte Street, which if you are 
um, where the scope and Chrysler Hall are. You guys can't see what I'm making gestures, but scope and Chrysler <laughs> Hall are uh, just across the street from scope from Chrysler Hall is the Virginia Arts Festival building. And then if you cross the street again, you get to the Bank Street Garage. Right. And the Bank Street Garage and the Charlotte Street Garage make an L. And there's a green space there that's the inside of the L. Oh. And the tent is going to take up the entirety of that green space, essentially. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I never knew that was there. Um, so for anybody who did not get to follow the hand gestures, because this is an <laughs> audio medium, um, you can use Google Maps to find the corner of a bank in Charlotte near this... <laughs> near Chrysler Hall and the Virginia Arts Festival building, uh, and you can see the green space. Or if you go to uh, spotlightnews.press, we did have an article a few days ago um, okay. about the uh, the new venue. So that's somewhere in there. Uh, you can find that article. It's got the, I think it's got a map in it, or it's at least got pictures. Um, but yeah. So uh, all of the offerings that they have this season will be socially distanced within the tent and um, at the couple other venues they will have. So again, uh, limited number of audience. Everybody's wearing masks, all of that good stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, good if times. you're going to do anything this summer um, or spring when it comes to being in a group of people, make sure you're wearing your mask. Make sure you're following whatever rules that they've set, that the organization you're who's producing has set forth for you. Um, because quite frankly, we want to continue being able to have these type of offerings, and the only way we can do that is if everybody's cooperating. Yeah, um, we're if not, people aren't cooperating, City of Norfolk's going to shut us down. We're not so, quite. We're not quite done yet. Yeah, let's just follow what if you want. If you want to go to venues and you want to see concerts and you want to see things that are happening outdoors, follow the rules. If you don't want to follow the rules, you don't want to wear a mask, you don't want to do whatever. Stay home. It's really simple. Yeah, and wait for it. Wait for it to pass because eventually, it will. If we are just smart. Yes. Um, do you have an event or podcast you would like featured in our community calendar? Email us your details at info at ltnonline.org, subject line ghost light. And remember, we need to record about a month in advance, so give us enough time to actually get you in. Yes, that is our, that, that would, that would, that's our, like, what we would love to be doing schedule. Um, yeah, apologies for being gone for so long, guys. I just finished up my, um my yearly gig that I was talking about before, you know, where I do like 80 hours a week and, and sleep is a fond memory. Um, <laughs> but, but we're done now and I'm recuperating and, um, you know, some day drinking. It's great. <laughs> Fun times. Alrighty. Um, a little bit more business before we move on. Uh, as a board, we are continuing to monitor the ever-changing recommendations from the CDC, state and local governments, state and local health officials, pretty much anybody who's got official stuff in their titles. Uh, we did make a pledge as a board to place the health and safety of our volunteers and patrons above our organization's income, uh, mostly because we believe that a requirement for making collaborative art is providing a health and safe community to make your art with. Um, though we don't feel like we have an Basically, we don't feel we have enough information at this time to make any official announcements regarding the 95th season, which would be 2021-2022 upcoming. Um, we're hoping as the summer draws closer, there's going to be more updates that will assist us, like official COVID-related updates that will assist us in choosing the best path forward for our community. 
Um, I will say that uh, I recently had the opportunity to attend The Art of Reopening, a virtual conversation on re-engaging arts audiences in physical spaces uh, with special guest Dr. Anthony S. Fauci. It was sponsored by the National Endowment for the Arts. um, And in his remarks at that particular virtual offering um he did say that it's his professional opinion that if everything goes well and vaccination rates continue to rise entertainment venues might be able to host audiences again this fall as long as masking and social distancing efforts are in place which is awesome um but that is obviously dependent on a lot of things going right over the next six seven months Mm -hmm. which is a thing yeah yep yep uh, we wanted to let you know we plan to continue to take proper precautions for the health and safety of everyone involved, which means our first in-person show may happen a little later than others, as mm-hmm. we will have to take into account the safety of in-person rehearsals and work calls. This is especially true for our organization. Since we do not pay our volunteers, it would be unfair of us to ask them to pay for multiple COVID tests per week and to quarantine away from their families and their paid jobs for the months-long process of rehearsing, building, and performing a show which is the plan most professional theaters use and the recommendation for many arts or associations. Yeah. Once we're back to a more traditionally seated season, we'll do our best to honor all subscription renewals, passes, etc., as though no time had passed in the interim, yep. which is how a lot of us feel anyway. So Yeah. No, I mean, time is kind of meaningless right now anyway. Um, but yes, we're, we're going to do our best to, to get everybody back to where they were right before everything happened. Um, just please keep in mind that everyone you speak to here is a volunteer. So as we're trying to get things together, um, just, you know, be nice to people. It's great. <laughs> um, Speaking of uh, getting things back together, uh, vaccines are getting easier to find every day. Um, There are actually some states, Virginia is not one of them yet, but there are other states in the in the union that have moved into uh, group two. Um, So make sure you sign up for your vaccine once you're eligible so that we can eventually get back to hosting live audiences in our space. Um, You can check what phase you are in on the Virginia Department of Health website. Uh, You can pre-register for a vaccine at uh, vaccinate.virginia.gov or if you don't have the inter- internet you can call 1-877-VAX-IN-VA which is V-A-X-I-N-V-A which is uh, 877-829-4682 uh, and just keep checking in with your local pharmacies for their availability too. Um, I think most of the people I know who are in groups one, B, and C uh, for various like health reasons who have gotten a vaccine, they've gotten it by going to a pharmacy's website in mm-hmm. Virginia. Um, we'll have links to all of that stuff in the descriptions, uh, except for your local pharmacy's websites. So you'll have to figure that one out on yourself. Um, Uh, You can also search for a location administering vaccines for your phase group by going to vaccinefinder.org. I don't know. Is that a national thing? uh, Yes, that's that's actually what I use to to find mine. Um, A good time to go over like the difference with stuff because I I felt bad not waiting on the the Virginia Department of Health. But then I realized they're actually encouraging you guys to go to get pharmacies Mm -hmm. because they want to get them out there. Yes. The Um, goal is shots in arms. So what you do is you say what state you're in, uh, you give them a zip code and you give them like a radius and they give a list of pharmacies and they say which ones have it in um, in stock. And you can actually choose, oh, fabulous. if you want to, you can choose which uh, vaccines you're looking for. You can say I only want Johnson & Johnson oh, if you really wow. want to. 
Um, so they'll list like you know, everything from like Kroger, Publix, um, CVS, all, all different ones. Like Walgreens or whatever. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So you find one where it says it's in stock, click on it. Just because it's in stock doesn't mean they have appointments available. So you have that to go sense. in and keep trying because um, I helped one of my cast members. Uh, they actually had to get their first and second at two different pharmacies, but it's okay. You can That's schedule fine. it to do that. As long as you get the same vaccine, it does not matter. Yep. And they, uh, and the system, the system does that. Like if you, if you set up your appointment for the first vaccine of a certain brand, they're going to give you the, the same brand for the second one when they help you look for more places. But like this, this cast member got their first one in Yorktown and the second one in Newport news. So, oh, wow. but, um, yeah, they, they, they look at the timing, they make sure it all works. So, um, that's it. And it's a little easier. Keep trying on that. Um, get those shots in arms. Uh, yeah. I was surprised at how small it was. It didn't bother yes, me a whole lot. It's so. such a tiny little shot. It's kind of adorable, but it does pack a punch. you you will feel like you got punched in the arm the next day. Well, like, I just, whenever it comes to vaccines, I just go in with this mentality of the MMR I got in fifth grade. And honestly, oh, it's probably not even as bad nowadays, but I just remember my little 10 year old self thought that thing was huge and hurt like no end yeah Um. well you got to remember also when we were younger we were smaller as well like I remember when I was a in high school we were at a um one of those like uh walk for for relay for life things yeah it's like a cancer um fundraiser where you do like Mm -hmm. they have a track and you walk and like you're supposed to have this team where you like you know you walk for two hours and then you pass off to the next person and somebody on your team is walking for 24 hours right but it's not like the same person in theory that's a whole nother story about how we did 22 hours one year and that was a bad idea um (laughs) but so this one year we're doing it and we run into this lady and I'm walking with my mom and she and this lady are talking blah blah blah, you know like for a while and then she catches up with her group from the Y and my mom goes do you know who that was and I was like well, based on your conversation, I'm thinking that it was my preschool teacher from when I was like at the Y. I was like, but it couldn't be. And my mom was like, well, what makes you think it couldn't be? And I was like, because she was so short. Like she was like my preschool teacher was way taller than that. Like she was so tiny. And my mom was like, no, that's she was she's that's her. Like she's always been that height. And I was like, no, she was way taller. And my mom's like, you idiot. She wasn't way taller. You were four. You were so much smaller. And I was just like, oh, oh, that no, that can't be right. Seriously, I like I've uh, non story I won't get into, but you know, my dog had been ill and I'd gotten syringes to like help feed her. And so I'm more familiar with syringe sizes next. And I'm just like I could swear before it was like a 20 mil size and I'm like, not this little 10 CC ever. But uh, yeah, again, I was 10 with the yeah. MMR. Um, no, yeah, and that's a It thing, hurt like, at the time, but you should still do it because measles are bad too. Yeah, um, no, that's, that's helpful. Bad. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's a tiny little shot. Um, you know, the, there's, you know, plenty of, if you go on any social media site or TikTok or whatever, you can find plenty of your contacts who have had the vaccine who you can ask about what their side effects are. Um, But quite frankly, like the side effects that you get from the vaccine are way worth it as compared to the potential of dying from COVID. Or giving Um, it to someone else. Yeah. Or having someone else die from COVID because you got COVID and didn't know that you were passing it on, Um, which has been my biggest fear over the last year. Who knew? Um, And also, if neither of you die, it's still the the chance for mutation, which is is our biggest concern at the moment is let's not get any more variants out there yeah the other thing is covid is a mass disabling event so just because you did not die from it does not mean you come out of it 
accurate feeling, you know, you may feel a little better, but a lot of people are long haulers. Um, there are, I have a lot of people in my social circle who got it for, and they're just, they're not the same from a health standpoint. So just keep in mind that just because you survive COVID does not mean you are the healthy person that you started out before you got it. Though some good news, I did hear some anecdotal evidence on one of the radio news programs I listened to. Um, there was a long hauler who, after he got the vaccine, did notice he had some improvement after the vaccine. So not sure that the mechanisms of how that works, but cool. Awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm sure we will get more and more information as we go. Um, that's, that's just the nature of everything. Um, but yes, so point being, that's a long way around going. Um, <laughs> if you can qualify for a vaccine, just get the vaccine. Don't sit there and wait for someone who is quote unquote worse off than you to get the vaccine first. If you qualify, just get the shot. We need to spread the vaccines around as fast as possible. And if someone's willing to give it to you, just take it. Yep. Anyway. Moving on. Uh, oh, excuse me. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, it's been a long week. Uh, we should probably cover our community thanks. Uh, oh, sorry about that. Oh, good. That's my... Oh, I was not paying attention to where we were. Um, it's okay. So it's our community thanks. Um, as always, we want to thank the Norfolk Commission for the Arts. Yes. The Business Consortium for Arts Support. Mm-hmm. Our Retain Your Rain project. Our plants for that are looking lovely lately. Yes. And actually, we're going to have a project coming up here soon where we're going to get finally get our rain barrels installed. Yes. <laughs> if anyone is interested in installing rain barrels, please contact us. Info at ltnonline.org. <laughs> And uh, finally, the Hampton Roads Community Foundation helped us out this year with a grant. So uh, always very grateful for all that help. And while we're at it, I'll just throw in here, too, um, the Shuttered Venue grants, um, that program's starting up now. If you guys want to write your representatives or maybe the Small Business Administration or both and say, it would be awesome if they would expand that program to cover venues that are volunteer only right now we do not qualify that for that whatsoever ppp is expanding right now because they have money left over for that but we're just kind of sitting here because we don't have paid staff we don't qualify for any of that assistance um not that we don't want anybody else to get it we do but it's there's fun sitting there um and it would be awesome if they'd open it up for some of the uh the volunteer community theaters that would be helpful um we are on a more happier note. Uh, very happy to announce that this June we will be streaming the world premiere of For the Honor and Glory, a play by one of our board members, Mariah Joy. Uh, you will likely actually hear us refer to this in the upcoming interview, um, but I think we did our best not to mention it much because it wasn't confirmed when we did the interview. So if you if you hear us like talking about some some like random thing and it sounds like we're all like. Oh, don't talk about it. That's what we're talking about. Um, It did get (laughs) confirmed. It got approved by the board. And um, the auditions are now coming up. So anyone looking to audition can find more information on our Facebook page, uh, including the link to the Google form to schedule an online audition or send in a video audition. Auditions are going to be completely over Zoom or over, like, video. So you you can either... Send in a video of you fulfilling the audition requirements. Um, if you do that, vi- uh, video auditions must be submitted by noon on the 8th, and you do need to fill out the form as well so that uh, the director and everybody knows whose video this is. 
Um, otherwise, if you fill out the Google form, um, it'll give you an option for days and times that you'll avail you you are available, and it you will be sent an audition time. Um, so uh, yeah, and then the it'll you'll be sent basically you'll be sent an audition time and a Zoom link, and you'll go in and do the audition over Zoom. Um, I will put a link to the Facebook event in the description because I think that has all the character descriptions and stuff like that too. Um, but yeah, those auditions are happening next week. Uh, and this should be posting on the last day of March, 2021. So I think the auditions are like the fourth through the eighth. I'm not great. It says it's going to be in by noon on the eighth. Yeah. The the last day of auditions I think is the eighth and I know the video auditions are due noon on the eighth. So, uh, if you're interested and you're in the area, um, and you want to kind of, check that out that is something that we've got going and don't don't think anything limits you in an audition honestly just if you like to do it yeah give it a shot looking for for all all sizes types everything yep um so now shortly we're gonna throw to our interview with the cast and crew of our upcoming digital show a walk in the woods which will be streaming april 1st through the 4th and then again april 8th through the 11th uh, please note, if you want to see the show, you need to choose a weekend. Because of how rights worked out, we're only able to stream for eight days. So a ticket for the first weekend cannot be transferred to the second weekend of the run. You can find a link to the tickets at ltnonline.org. Uh, all that being said, here's our conversation with the cast and crew of A Walk in the Woods. All right. Hello. We have uh, here... Um, Brian Sebrian, Bill Armstrong, and John Roberts, uh, all of whom just worked on our uh, April virtual show, uh, Walk in the Woods, uh, that will be streaming, uh, I believe, on demand um, the first and second weekends of April. So it's a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four days on the first weekend, and then Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, four days on the second weekend. Um, if you are going to see the show, please choose a weekend and purchase that weekend. We are not able with how the, uh, streaming rights works to exchange between weekends. Um, so pick your weekend, see the show. Uh, but they are here today to talk a little bit about the process of putting all of this together, uh, because we are, as most people know, still in the middle of an emergency pandemic and, um, it's caused some interesting, uh, it's we've we've been creative here at the theater, um, so how let's let's just start with the beginning. Like why why a walk in the woods? Well, Bill, you found the script, so I got into reading it and found it so fascinating. But then again, I love Russians, but that's just me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I know. I tend to fall into that Russian accent very easily. Yeah, yeah. And uh, well, Bill brought the script to us. Uh, Two years ago? Something like Something like two years ago. And we actually made a run at putting it up as a live show. And technical difficulties precluded that. And uh, so we put it in our pocket. We put it in our pocket until we could bring it out again. And after we completed doing uh, Red Moon Rising in the East, we were looking for the next project. And uh, we pulled this out and said, you know, this could be... A stage reading. We could do this as, as kind of a, a staged reading for some more content for the theater. And the theater went, yeah, let's do that. And uh, and I reached out for the rights, and we were able to get the rights. And luckily, we were able to get rights for 
on-demand streaming, which for at first we didn't think we were going to be able to do. We thought we were going to have to be able to do. Yeah, a, no, we we actually didn't realize we could have rights for on-demand streaming until after the contract was signed. Yeah, because <laughs> on the website, it's, it's not like that. It says each streaming is a show. Uh-huh. So for everyone that would download it, that would be one yeah, you'd have One to pay perform- the rights for a show for which, a performance for every single every, person download, who watched and which we, were we like, went. What? Oh my God, no, no, that's <laughs> that's insane. So we, but luckily when the when the contract after sh- actually showed up, it said no, it, each one day is a performance. So we, and actually, BA found that when yeah. she actually read the contract, <laughs> and because uh, we were in the middle of production, because we I could actually do we this. read all of our contracts so before we put the shows up. <laughs> and uh, but the thing, the but well, the thing is, we read the, we read the contracts for the, all the legalese to make sure we're meeting all the legalese. We didn't look at oh wow, look, we can actually do this. Right. And uh, so then we went forward, and Bill and I set it up to um, for all the COVID safety we had to do, and uh, and of course, Bill, as he said, likes to be a Russian, so he he got to be the Russian, and. Uh, I got to be the American, and uh, we set this thing up to do the stage reading, and we did a couple of weeks of rehearsal, you know, a couple of times, and then we got we, we suckered John in to be our tech guy and do the filming because he did it for Red Moon and did such a good job, and we said, we, we promise it won't be this hard this time <laughs> <laughs> because Red Moon was such a project, and this one was much simpler. And um, I feel like we should actually ask John about <laughs> whether that's true. <laughs> Well, part of making it easier, to be honest, was a little bit of growth on my own part. Um, I was kind of used to the old paradigm, the theatrical paradigm of if it's bad, you make a new take. You know, just start over again from the top. And what I got into doing this time around was pickups, <laughs> where if, if a line was flubbed or some or, a no, or it was a noise that uh, we never flub lines, in that, never or anything like that. Yeah. I don't know How what dare he's you. talking yeah. about. I don't know. It's, it's a wrong show. Right. Do I have to say the word? Shut up. Do I have to say the word? Manipulate. Manipulative. I, manipulative. I can say it now. It's funny. It's a kryptonite. Was that this show's kryptonite it, it was, word? It was my kryptonite word. Okay. Mine was always similar. Words, for for some stuff. reason, I could not say manipulate. Now I can't do it. <laughs> no, wait, but there was one for Red Moon as well. Yeah. What it, was it? Um, oh. Oh. Yes. Yeah, I can say them now. Yeah, but it was like I, I just one kryptonite word. Usually, and then live shows, there's always one line. I always have one line that I just can't get, and I have to like stick a finger in my ear or something. For me, it was one song. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> yes, I know the song. This was funny. This Uh-oh. was funny. We had we were doing this was I know we're off topic here but we're we're, we're drinking so so this and, is ghost light we're always off topic all right <laughs> we were doing we were doing best little whorehouse in Texas and I do not do musicals and so we were singing it started off I was playing Senator Wingwa Bill was playing the governor and if you've ever seen the movie you know the 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 big governor song which was sidestep. Right. Oh, yeah, okay. Bill had this beautiful dance number sidestep with the whole cast. The rest of us are backstage. Now, here's the fun part I like about this. I always tended, we had an earlier song where backstage we're supposed to taper off for this vocal, and I always tended to go a little too long. So we were going through that, and he grabbed his script and stuck it in my face to stop me. Then he went on to do sidestep, and this happened, and I laughed. <laughs> 
Bill forgot the words. I did not forget them. I just you modified f- them. You <laughs> forgot the words. And he just started making up words. Hey, they worked. They're just making they up lyrics. And, and the it, one and, line that I thought was the best was, you'll never know what I say next. Yes. Yeah, and you're right. And of course, I look over. I'm at, pretty certain at, I was at that performance. I look over at our orchestra constructor, and she's laughing so hard she's crying, and she plays him off. The whole band plays him off. He comes off, walks back there, looks at me, walks over to the wall, and starts beating his head on the wall. And I just started, I, it was all I could do. Not to, I had to walk away from the mics and just laugh. Because it was like, and it was it was so funny, and uh, but it but I looked over at our at our at our you know our our conductor and she's over there and she was laughing so hard there was tears running down her face because Bill just made it up as he went. We had a sold out house. There was two hundred people in the audience. And it was so funny. But the whole show was kind of like that. Was, oh, yeah. You can get away with that in that show. But. Uh, that show was just a and, – and we had – that was a good show because we also had our, our good friend Adam Ivey in it. And, uh, and I, my son was in that with me, which was fun. And I got to work with him. And uh, my son is a trained vocalist in musical theater guy, and he's very, very good. If I can get him back in the theater, I'd like it. But he's kind of busy right now. But um, – yeah. But it was a good show. It was a lot of fun. Lot was of that fun. a lighting designer on that? Is that why I remember it so well? Did Nina and I split that one? I think you split that one. I also think you did some lighting, and I think you helped a little bit with costume too, didn't you? I, maybe I don't. I think you helped a little bit. You, you it, helped. It's I think you very helped. possible that I was uh, uh, pointing at people's corsets and being like, Shut "Yeah, you were." You, you're. Yeah, the the like, hey, um, we need to we need to make sure this person isn't actually coming out. That kind of stuff. So you take all the fun out of it. So. Yeah. Well, the, it's 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 well now it's my job. It wasn't my job then. I don't know why I was doing it then. <laughs> See, you spoil all our fun. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> so it would be my job it? now, but we can't have anything on what the did you, So what did you do for Chicago when they were wearing they were all in lingerie? I did not work on Chicago. Well, that was fun. That was fun. When, when was Chicago? Why wasn't I? Uh, oh, Chicago was an end of season, and I had started working for the arts. Oh, that's right. Then. That's right. Yeah. But I tell you what, they, that was that was well costumed. That show was. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that was a good show. I just it, there, the the end of season stuff. Now that I work for the one, arts festival yep. so much, is just impossible. Yeah, one of the actresses in that was working at the same place I work at, at the time, and she came running over to me one day and told me she got a part. And then about a week later, she came to me. She goes, "I saw my costume." I said, "Yeah." She goes. It's lingerie. I said, it's Chicago. <laughs> she went, oh, yeah. What do you think you're going to be wearing? She went, oh, <laughs> and ran off. It was I couldn't mic anybody because there was no place to put the mic. But I'll tell you what. I, but I got it to. Yeah, there was. Anyway, I'll get you some tips for that <laughs> next time. <laughs> but, I'll tell, but I'll tell you what. What was really nice is that the costume on that was extremely sexy, but it was not crude. Yeah, no, it was, Everybody it was, was very 20s. It was like, very 20s. It was very well done. Um, so all the all the women were covered, but very... It was sexy, but not overly displayed, if you know what I mean. It was, sex, it was sexy, sexy, but not, but not pornographic. Old. It was not pornographic, yeah. no. Yeah. And that was a really good show. And uh, and I, I, <laughs> I loved watching that one. 
but it was good. But anyway, okay. back back to this, back to Russians. Anyway. Right, the Russians. Where yes, the Russians must get their wo- last word in at all times. Because that <laughs> well, it was getting pretty broad there. I, I, welcome to Ghost Life, John. <laughs> <laughs> a few more we, drinks, and we, we'll be, we'll we be talking about the moon. We have a podcast run by like. Through, I don't know, four to six people at this theater, all of whom are diagnosed with ADHD. <laughs> hey, I don't have ADHD. I am just a very high-level functioning alcoholic. Leave there, me alone. That, that, that works. No, we've got because I'm pretty certain of all the like guests that we've pulled in. Um, uh, I think we've had one person who's like a regular host yeah. who doesn't have a diagnosis. you know it's how we roll Um, but yeah so uh so you guys had found a walk in the woods prior it was supposed to have been performed uh we kind of were like oh hey you have this in your back pocket could you like come up and play these games um so uh what i know you didn't get to perform it last time yeah um but what changed between then and now um, because COVID. of well, obviously. Uh, well, yeah. the problem is the apocalypse began. The yes. problem is, even though it's just two characters on stage on on a single bench, and for COVID we use two benches. It's a red instead. We didn't memorize it. We just well, we actually know a lot of the lines because you know we've done this before. Yeah. But uh, we did it as a stage reading for something fun to put up that people could watch and listen to. And it's interesting because it's more about the dialogue. Is funny because the 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 two characters are very very different. Um, and cynic and an idealist. It it you've got you've got this very personable kind of funny but cynical Russian that's been doing this for a long time. That wouldn't be me. And you get this idealistic American who comes in and he's and he's goes, I want you know I want to. Bring a new formula, or literally, it's a new formula. I want to make a change. I want to make an impact. We're gonna, we're gonna make this deal, and not realizing that all the powers that are arrayed against them, you know, to really not make a deal. Yeah. And there's, there's a lot of reasons for it, and 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 they keep running into the politics of the time, which this is we figured right around the mid '80s sometime. Oh, 1986, I think. Yeah, we're in It talks about the elections, and I think it's probably the congressional elections in Reagan's second term. Yeah, we're because just Glasnost was also a thing. Well, no, it, no, it, it it was actually the presidential election. Yeah, so eighty four. Yeah, so yeah, and uh, so you listen to this. How could you miss that? <laughs> because you were talking about the openness, the i.e. Glasnost. Yeah, but it was also that. But you says yeah, but whether well, he says he hope the president hopes he, he hope the president does well in the election. I hope your, but I that hope your president, president does well. No, no, whether well he wins or loses. Yeah, he's talking about the president, yeah. and. Um, but anyway, it was very interesting because if you didn't live through those times, it's hard to imagine the pressure that was on these people at the time. <laughs> yeah, no, through I, the seventies and the eighties, and the tensions between the superpowers, and um, I mean, you push one button and the world's over. Yeah, and it was, and there was a lot of going on because because the strategic, the way things are today strategically is not nearly as hair-trigger as it was 20 years ago, 40 years ago. I think that's mainly because the information flow has gotten a lot better. Well, it's also, there's a lot, what they don't, and this is something I kind of thought about afterwards, and we talked about, these guys actually were successful. 
even though they don't think so, they were successful because we're still here today. And, and <laughs> because I was born. <laughs> and and uh, those hair trigger doomsday scenarios don't exist anymore. Do, do, are, is that capability still there? Yeah, but they're not on that, the hair trigger that it used to be. That makes sense. And we've we've descoped that problem quite a bit, and the number of, you know, mounted warheads has been descoped quite a bit. And then there was a big move after the Soviet Union dissolved, where the U.S. helped the, the Soviet Union decommission a lot of their warheads, and and then we decommissioned a lot of ours, and and all that went away, and that that tension isn't really there at that level anymore. But we and still got people wanting to join the club. Yeah, but it's it's still not that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, but what I not, find what I find fascinating yeah. is that now they're selling the silos so you can turn them into uh, uh, living spaces. Yeah, you can yeah. you can use luxury doomsday condominiums. Yeah, they are. Go. People are buying yep. these things. I don't know <laughs> if I'd want to live out in the middle of North Dakota, in the middle of nowhere. But also, like, there's no windows. Like, yeah. I don't I don't think I could handle. I can barely handle like when we're <laughs> not in daylight savings time and it's dark. Like. <laughs> My brain is not yeah. like, yeah, yeah. I don't, I don't know that I could live permanently in a bunker. <laughs> it's, it's weird, but, well, but I type ships, but yeah, I, but it's, you have. <laughs> yeah, I have, but it's, I lived in the forest. So it's, um, but it's an interesting study on these two, these two men on how different they were at the, at the beginning and how close they became over the course of a year because this takes place over a year each scene is a different season and um and how much they actually tried to do the right thing for for the world and how serious they were even though his lordship doesn't want to be serious a lot <laughs> well Won't you see it what it is is that at one point you actually even used uh, uh emotional blackmail <laughs> yes, so the look. I never used emotional blackmail on <laughs> The look that Honeyman just... used emotional blackmail. <laughs> if you will recall. It was if just you were my friend. It was just yeah, it was just he was just turning the tide on mm -hmm. you. He wanted me to be frivolous. And I almost went into the Russian accent. You, you know, you, you did this. go into the Russian accent. I did it on stage <laughs> during the read. <laughs> He had he made me go back and redo it because you know you're you're doing the Russian accent. I went, fuck. I couldn't do a Russian accent before Redmond. Thank the guy with the beard. Oh man. Because I rustle that beard for the microphone, Bill. Yeah. You can't hear it. You can't hear it. It's too light. It's too fluffy. A fluffy, yeah. It's the floof. Touch the floof. So. But it was uh, anyway. It's the a really is not a lie in this case. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyway, it's. I think it's just a very interesting study into these two gentlemen, and there is a lot of really fun dialogue, back and forth dialogue on this. It's very quick. It's very witty. Um, there's a lot of humor. There's a lot of heart. Um, and and Bill and I have been working together for years, so it's you know, and we've got a very good relationship. So it's it's natural for us to banter back and forth. So doing it in character was just an extension of our friendship. So it was a lot of fun to do, nice. and uh, and it was just it was interesting to do. It, the big difference for me was because we had to kind of stay put. We did move, do a little movement. We did a little bit of staging, a little bit of walking around. We had a limited crew, so we did a locked off camera for most of the shots. Yeah, 
so it 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 wasn't like being able to get up and move around and 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 do more physical acting that mm-hmm. wasn't there. By limited crew, I mean just me. Yeah, I was gonna say I wasn't available for this one because I uh, I had to be at work. So oh, this was the, my, uh, the great part was during tech we had a light board operator. During the shoot we didn't. Oh, fun! <laughs> so John had to run down, hit the light board, then run back up and go action, and then start the camera. It's like you know we'll just have some slack time in there. I could edit that out. Yeah, that's easy. So enough. and and that's kind of what, or he finally figured out start the camera, hit the lights, lights up, and we start. Then he ran back and watched the camera. <laughs> That works. Monitoring sound because as Bill and, the, and Ryan were saying, the important part of this is the dialogue. So the main point, my main point, was to make sure that we were getting good sound off of both actors at all times because that dialogue is crucial to understanding the flow of the play. And we both had body mics, which we wouldn't have in a live show. Yeah. And uh, we, we. Well, that's because we were both loud enough. No. Yeah. <laughs> and and the fun part was uh, we're 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 going along in the middle of a show when I was seen like that and he goes, Stop I went, What? Your mic's died. We had to sit there, wake him up, change the batteries. I had to get back up, do it again. This Bill's mic died. Battery died, so I changed the batteries on both mics, preemptive strike. Reasonable. And then and then on the last day of shooting, we got done with the last scene. I walked off stage and my bi- my mic died. Oh! I mean, I, I asked him, "Did you turn off your mic?" Uh, no. Okay. Well, I, I had been listening on headphones, so I know I got all the dialogue. I said, "You're sure?" Because we had just finished like the last the last scene, yeah. the last part of the scene, and it was like the last thing I need is to go. No, we didn't get the last scene. We got to do it again. <laughs> As a matter of fact, we still have the stage set up. Uh, and all, all waiting and ready in case there is something we have to reshoot. Just in case there's anything we need to pick. Yeah, in fact, our cost. Everything is solid so far. Yeah, in fact, I've got my. Yeah, in fact, we still have the costumes in the dressing room just in case. Yeah, no, it makes sense. There's, yeah, there's so nothing else going on. <laughs> until he says we're good to go, we're going to leave everything up. Yeah. Well, it, it's such a complicated set. Yeah, no, I mean, strike is going to take at least. Five minutes. Yeah, yeah it's, it's two benches and two music stands, and that's pretty much the set. Oh, don't forget the leaf and the flowers. A leaf and the flowers. Oh, okay. Prop strike is just gonna kill you all. Yeah, oh, I, I got a, I got, I got, I think I got a piece of paper and a pen. Did and you ever find the rabbit? <laughs> please don't. I should have caught that rabbit. <laughs> no, we were talking about rabbits, and uh, because uh, well, there's a scene where Bill's character is supposed to be chasing a rabbit, and uh, he wanted to get a rabbit and take pictures film a rabbit for like the credits or something and it's like no no don't go chasing a rabbit it's the rabbit you're not even supposed to see the rabbit it's supposed to be off stage but yes but it would have been perfect there you go <laughs> ivan could have played the rabbit oh my god yes i can still i i, I can still edit the program okay we gotta we gotta explain ivan you gotta explain ivan <laughs> so ivan is the backstage four foot ladder <laughs> made his stage debut in Red Moon Rising in the East for anyone who was looking at the program uh, because he was um, basically Brian's site Just for... Uh, and, and it's also right. I set the money for when I was yeah, giving yeah. my Evan some cash. So there, there's, a, there's, a, there's a character in Red Moon Rising in the East who does not actually really appear. His name is Ivan. Brian's character gives him some money 
and then he runs off. Um, so there was a ladder there for him to set the prop and have a sight line on. And uh, so the the ladder got a credit because I made the program and um, and Bill provided the voice. Yes, there are times when I just get bored and I put random things into programs, which is why for a number of years my bio actually said that I played Roger Rabbit in the History Boys <laughs> because it was an inside joke with one of the stage managers. <laughs> for a long time on my theatrical resumes, I would put down for all the languages I could do was ecclesiastical Latin. I was the lead in that show. I didn't know that was in that trial. <laughs> she had put, so when she sent out the thing asking for bios, she asked for them in a very specific format, and it was your name, parentheses, Roger Rabbit, whatever. So that just left it there? That's what my bio said. Not that I was the lighting designer, but that I was Roger Rabbit. <laughs> and so I kept in my bio for a while that I played Roger Rabbit in the History Boys because that's how I was credited in the <laughs> that was actually one of my favorite roles too and i have, i didn't know roger rabbit was in that show no relation to me whatsoever but uh when a couple of the guests at the convention failed to provide uh uh bios for the program she left in the placeholder text that she had used which was descriptions of various predatory insects <laughs> that's brilliant yep that's, That's freaking brilliant. You, you don't give me a bio, I'll write one for you. Right. Mm -hmm. Just post my stage, oh, my stage manager for um, the Laramie Project threatened to write bios for everybody. Oh. And I went, you don't you, want him. You, you don't want him. You never want a stage manager to write your bio for you. Like no, that's no. And he's, and he's brilliant. He was brilliant. And he and his husband worked the show. His husband was the lighting designer, and he was, he was our, our stage manager. And he was absolutely, completely professional, wonderfully brilliant. I love that. And these guys were awesome. I love these guys. Still do. We'd go out every night after 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 a show, and we'd go get like drinks and stuff, and just brilliant, wonderful, wonderful guys. But he was a smart ass, a complete smart ass. And I've discovered something. My normal comebacks for straight men don't work on gay men. <laughs> He had said something smart-ass to me backstage, and we were between, it was like, it was during intermission or something for the show, and I went, oh, bite me, and he looked at me and went, where? And I went, fuck, it doesn't work. <laughs> he just laughed, and, I, and his husband was like right behind me, and he just burst into laughter. I was like, oh, fuck, it doesn't work on you. All right, let's, uh, let's take a regroup. We'll go with it. It was All that right. extra I'm going to let that go. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that's, that's a thing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Please let it go. It hurts. All righty. Uh, um, <laughs> I'm so bad. So, yeah. The uh, general basics here. Um, so, uh, as we pointed out in the break, Brian has done a lot of talking. Um, so we're gonna we're gonna attempt uh, to talk to Bill for a little while, and the first thing is, uh, Bill, we we all happen to know that you have a um, a very specific uh, set of employment opportunities that make you a good deal of money in the holiday season. Um, for that involve uh, you basically keeping your facial hair. Um, so and uh, I did notice on the couple of pictures that I that I saw that like, it seems like you have less facial hair than you do right now. And listeners, we've realized this is not an, a visual medium. Um, but Bill probably has 
You'll just have to watch the I, film like, to find out. Yeah, you'll have to watch the film to find out. But like in reality, Bill, your beard probably comes down to sternum at this point. Below. Yeah, below sternum, and then your your hair is about as long as mine, which I would have to say is shoulder oh, I'd blades say it's at least longer than yours, possibly. Oh well, mine has gotten really long. Oh, here. okay. Her hair is really long. Yeah, and mine is curly right now. But, but like, if you got a, like my mid, hair reaches down to my beard. I'm like mid shoulder blades. Yeah, your yeah. your hair my, my and your hair beard are about the long. Reach to the same length. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so where did it all go? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well. What I discovered, uh, because I work in a manufacturing facility, is that if I don't keep my beard up in some way, the machines like to try to eat it. No good. So, not a good plan. Mm, nope, and nope, a matter nope, of fact, I saw on uh, YouTube one time this one guy who got too close to <laughs> a, uh, a uh, uh, wire wheel yep. with oh. his beard mm. and... Uh. It was half gone. No, there, there's so um, one of the things that we had to uh, that actually came up at work. Um, I work at a basically an organ donation place, um, and uh, it came up at some point in time reading through various uh, trying to explain to someone the concept of gloving, um, which is something that in in theater specifically working in shops we we warn interns about all the time with specifically bench sanders um because it is essentially when your hand or other body part gets caught in something that essentially rips your skin off like a glove yeah gloving degloving yes it's 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 gross and it's one of those things where like if, if you're ever working in shop, yeah. like a, specifically women working in shops, I have had to on numerous occasions look at them and be like, no, your hair has to be back. No, you're, you know, you have to have this back. You have to have it behind your face. You cannot have it longer than this. And it's the same as like, I, you know, we have to give warnings sometimes in offices like, okay, if you're going to be using the shredder, you can't be wearing a tie. And it's that kind of, yeah. you know, you just, the, those safety I, I, things, yeah. um, I've taken far too many first aid classes. I've been certified since I was 16. Um, I, I've had to watch the videos. They're not, they're not pretty. And they're just, yeah, that's in, just the videos where they fake it. Yeah, I worked in industrial plants most of my life. And it's, it's cool. one of those safety things. And I've seen the videos of degloving mm-hmm. it's rings. Not, the ring thing. Oh, oh, God. Oh, oh it's, God. It's, it's, it just gives you the, it's yeah. just, so when you're no. working, when you're working in the plant, you don't wear rings at right. all. Yeah, no, it's a thing. And, and that's actually why they came out with the, 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 the soft polymer the, rings. Uh, now. The, yeah, because like they'll the just cut off, they'll, they'll pull off. Slough, yeah. Well, those, well they'll, they'll break, yeah. Because for a while there, everybody was like, oh, the, um, what was it? Those really hard ones that, like, Tit- wouldn't. Well, I have tight, my, my the, wedding the ring, titanium, titanium ones. Yeah. And, and it was just like, people would be like, oh, yeah, this is great. And it's like, but they can't cut that off of you if you break your finger and then you lose your finger. Well, it's like, it's just, but the degloving, it's just, it's, it's, uh, I've it's, seen it. I've seen it's it. Literally, it's literally, like, good. it is the thing that wigs out the strongest people in the world because it's just, yeah. it's a horrendous thing to even think about. Yeah. Like, well, well, anyway, Bill is hairy. But, however, <clears throat> I was able to uh, figure out a way to use hair clips and put it onto my beard, wrap the beard around it twice, and bring the the clip up behind the back of the beard and clip it in that way. Like a tiny, like, like how? Like so one of those little. Right now, I'm out. I'm wearing like, yeah, this. Like yeah, one of those like this, miniature. but like tiny. Okay, so basically, you're using like the '90s hair yeah. clips that we used to do, like miniature. It, 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 it. That's hilarious. Was it a butterfly? We, no. 
Damn. No, no. No, the butterfly ones are the ones where you like pop them. Pop, 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 pop. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember those. Hey, I got to give him shit, or he wouldn't think I was. No, I got you. So, so basically, those tiny little, those tiny little clips, the the, the no, tiny actually, little claw actually, clips. Actually, it we is used about a half an ni- inch. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the tiny little yep. claw clips that we yep. used in the nineties. Yep. Like that's that's totally yeah. that uh, that worked perfectly. And yeah. for my hair, I just uh, basically put it up into a, a very small bun. Okay. So that you really can't, you, if you look at the picture that we. Um, had with me and Brian staring each other down, mm-hmm. you really didn't see it. Nice. Yeah. Because you didn't see all my hair hanging down behind. You just saw the fuzzies you where I don't it. bother to trim it up, but that's just me. No, that's legit. <laughs> that's, I, I, uh, my hair is too thick to get it into a small bun. That's not an option with mm-hmm. this hot mess. Um, <laughs> so. Well, amazingly enough, my hair is really fine. Okay. So it's, it works. No. Nice. So, uh, yeah, you'll see you'll see the ver- varieties of Bill's hair um, either in the show or potentially uh, if you're in Hampton Roads around Christmas time, visiting a particular elf. And or uh, if they happen to do wizards and wands over at a certain ballpark, I tend to show up as Dumbledore. Ah, yes, yes. Um, we are. Uh, if you're in Norfolk, you know what ballpark we're we're talking about. Um, and do do we know if that's are, are they able to have an audience? Yet. Okay. Um, the latest and greatest that I heard uh, from on the radio was that uh, they've gone to thirty percent possibility. Yes. Yeah, so what ball. happened? Um, so to give away a recording date, which we do all the time, um, a couple of days ago, the governor opened up a lot of the um, COVID restrictions. Uh, not significantly open um but i think our gathering limit has gone to from 50 to 100 um and for entertainment in a large outdoor venue uh you are allowed to be at 30 percent capacity with no cap previously it was 30 percent capacity with a cap of a thousand people um indoor venues are at 30 percent capacity but i'm pretty certain there's still a cap of either 250 or 500 i cannot remember I which i believe it was 250 i it i know it was 250 i don't yeah. know if it upped to 500 in this particular i, I did range. i saw a headline on it but I yeah didn't read it's, it, so I, don't it's know. I literally read it today because i was going through with um with the director of our potential no, I, last show but it's it's one of those things where like they've they've changed these requirements so many times it's hard to keep up with um, but they've, they've opened up a little. Um, there are epidemiologists who are concerned that this will cause a, another spike that may or may not be an unnecessary spike. Um, what it comes down to is we'll see. Uh, but there's a chance that we might have, especially for like the ballpark and outdoor things, depending on how the actual ball players are doing, we might yeah. actually have a... a a chance at a season this year. Yeah, if, if, and if you follow AAA ball, you know the park we're talking about. Yeah, it's a thing. Um, I do know I work for the Virginia Arts Festival, and we will have a season this year. They've gotten an outdoor tent um, that's going to be across the street from where the Arts Festival building is. So it's the corner of, I believe it's Bank and Charlotte, if my geography is right. Oh, that's right. Um, They're going to do that, that outdoor thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that so, should be fun. It's it's right next to the Bank Street Garage for anybody who parks in the Bank Street Garage. Been there, done um, They're gonna have this big tent that takes up that green space. Yeah. Um, we've got there's a whole slew of COVID uh, 
regulations that we yeah. have to all learn to work there. Um, and we will just kind of see how it goes. Um, mm. There's going to be a couple of events that will happen in Chrysler Hall or like in Sandler Center at a very reduced capacity seating. Um, and we'll just, it's, it's one of those, we'll see how it goes. They've given me some dates for April. They've given me a couple mm. days for May. Most of May and June is still just unconfirmed yeah. because of the nature of we're kind of yeah, I've got some events coming happens. up and it's yeah. kind of the same thing you know over in the bike over in the biker community we've yeah. got some events coming up and we're all like it's scheduled hopefully we'll be able to do it you know yeah and, uh, like we we know our opening date for arts festival we've got it's an all over wood concert like pretty much everyone yeah. in the festival is scheduled for that day yeah, just that, so that we yeah. know we have enough coverage yeah, yeah my club's scheduled to attend but right now you know we, we were talking but we don't know if we're actually going to be able to do it so we hope yeah so. and it's one of those things where like you, you just kind of flow with it you know yeah like they're we're gonna, we're they're gonna announce a couple of weeks in advance and we're gonna see what happens yeah. and we're just gonna go with what they say is the current guidelines. I understand yep. that philosophy. I'm also the uh, president of the Tidewater Bluegrass Music Association, mm -hmm. and we are trying to get our concert series going again. We are yep. hoping to start up in May, but that yep. still depends on what kind of restrictions we have. Exactly. And whether the venue can handle those restrictions. Yeah. And I mean, it's when, when we did um, today, I was talking with one of the past presidents and we were trying to calculate like, okay, at 30% capacity without a limit, what is the actual like ability to seat people? If we ignore the, the actual like setup, 60. it's 64 people. And, you know, when we tried to space out everybody's six foot, it was actually closer to 40 people, you know, so it's... It's, start, I saw I saw a new thing where they're going to reduce that distance to three. So if that happens, I know they're help. doing that for schools. If that yeah. happens for entertainment venues, it might it, get us sixty people. Yeah, that's what I'm kind of um, I'm kind of hoping. Yeah, and the other thing was when we when we set that up, we were specifically looking at like one person sitting with no one around them. I really like because to talk to people again. When you, I know. Um, when you try mm -hmm. to put two people in in our space, like two people next to each other, like like two people come in, like yeah. from the same household and they're in the same thing and they can sit together. Yeah. That actually reduces our capacity because of how the seats are set up. Yeah. And that's that's rough. It's just if it's I'm hoping the three it's foot hard. thing comes in, but yeah. we'll see where it goes. But we you know because we're not we're not super worried. We're working right now. The board's working on a uh, potential show for June. Mm -hmm. um, which, uh, hopefully by the time I have posted this, we have been able to do a recording to introduce the segment, which will tell you more about that show. But at the moment we're still in the like talking and voting standpoint. So I can't say much more. Is that um, the one I read be, today? Yes, it will be a, um, it, it will be a, a digital show again where, where it's completely online. Um, we were actually able to see there was, uh, an, a couple of executive board members were invited to go to the, uh, what did they call it? The National Endowment for the Arts uh, hosted a, they called it a virtual conversation with Dr. Fauci called The Art of Reopening. Um, it was not a conversation in that none of us had our mics on and Dr. Fauci was pre-recorded and then they talked to a bunch of like other arts organizations who were doing stuff that we already knew. So it was in no way any of the things that we said, like in the, it was somewhat disappointing. 
Um, but one of the things that in Dr. Fauci's pre-record that he talked about specifically with the arts is that they're hoping with the trajectory we're, we're on currently for vaccinations, they're hoping that by the time we hit the fall, um, we can be in a better place for having audiences I'm, in performing arts venues. God. There would still be need for masks. There would still be need for a, a some semblance of social distancing. Um, but the hope is that by the fall, we can start getting back to a slightly more in-person model of existing. Um, we are probably going to still be digital. We're probably going to still be streaming stuff for a while now. Um, but at least that's something. Um, and I think particularly for this theater, that is going to be probably pushed a little further than the fall because I think our board is in a place where we are trying to be a little more conservative with those things. And we would wait until we were certain that having in-person mm -hmm. rehearsals was an okay thing to do because... Yeah. We, you know, it, it's really interesting. That we you want said to protect that. the volunteers. Yeah, like. it, we, we, it was interesting we did that because what we did for I was recently in a in an online production of the Scottish play. I'm not gonna fucking say it, okay? We are literally sitting in that like you guys know we record in the house of the theater. We're as socially distanced as we can be in a recording, but we are not gonna take the chance that the theater ghosts have an issue with the name of the play <laughs> and we have theater ghosts you've seen you've heard that yes uh, we, anyway go back to the what? last time brian and i got drunk on this podcast for oh we, god we got hammered oh my god I, information was, on the theater ghosts yeah tmi by the way and uh well anyway how we did that is we started rehearsals zoom rehearsals mm -hmm. which was really weird and we did Zoom rehearsals for about a month to get all the basics down and how we were going to do it because there was movement and dancing. And if yeah. you've ever worked with with core theater ensemble, you oh, know yeah. this. It's in, all movement. In, it's all movement. They're, what is it, and Suzuki? Like they're very it's Suzuki, Suzuki and Viewpoint. Yeah. And they're fantastic to work with. I love those people to death. I've done a couple oh of couple of productions with them, and I just really love that that whole. I like that, accidentally I, lighting designed one of their shows that was here because yeah. I happened to be around, and yeah. they're they're fabulous. Like they're, they're some of my favorite people in the very, world. They're very they're um, very very experimental. Yeah, Everything it's almost they do, the the basics. Like the best word I can think of for it is it's a visceral theater, theater yeah, experience. It, it's like, very. They take the story. They'll take a classic story. And they'll massage it into their style, which is very Suzuki viewpoint. Yeah. Lots of movement. I'm, I'm pretty certain it was the Scarlet Letter. The Scarlet last Letter time I was saw really it here, good. And it was just yeah. the oh, first thing I ever saw by them is they did 40 wax over it mm. over a generic. It's a good one. Yeah, and I saw 40 wax and I went. I, that might have been the one I accidentally lighting designed. Yeah. I can't quite remember. And then what I did was, and pandemic. then I took a viewpoints class. I took a few books workshop with them, and then I took a viewpoints class with them. Oh, nice. And then a few years later, they had auditions for Antigone, and I auditioned, and, and I got cast as Creon. And I got to do Antigone at the Roper. Oh. Oh, that was, it was brilliant. The it Roper's was a great an awesome show. venue. It's, it's just an awesome venue. And we had, the, we had the audience on stage with us, and it was very intense. And ask Nina about it. She loved it. Okay. I enjoyed have to. the hell out of it. It was, it was an, and we sold out every single performance. That's probably why I didn't see it. And, and it, what, what got me was how many college kids came up to me and were like big wide eyed because it was such an intense mm -hmm. show. And, um, 
Because I end up killing my own son. It's really fucked up. Anyway. Yeah. And take with, with these, with <laughs> What these, is that, like a 2,000-year-old spoiler alert? <laughs> yeah, for a 2,000-year spoiler alert. Well, anyway, these saucer-eyed young, young people that were in college, and they had never seen a live show before. Oh, wow. And then they came to see that show where we were literally in their laps doing this intense... I cannot imagine Core being my first theatrical. It was their first. Like, they were stunned, and they came up and they were things, and I, it was so much fun. And then we finished that run. A few months later, they call me, and we took to Lithuania for a Ooh. for a for a international theater festival. There. Nice. We had a ball. That sounds awesome. And then when it came up to awards, they turned out that they we got disqualified because they considered us a professional theater company. What? Or, yeah. Core is a professional theater company. And I said, you're a professional theater company. We can't compete you with these college kids. And we went, uh, and you know what we all did? We all looked at okay, let's go to the bar. So we went to the bar. But all the college kids came to the bar, too. And you had all these Lithuanian and Russian and Spanish people so coming So basically, in. you basically created this, like, massive networking event accidentally. We had a, well, but it's a beautiful international theater fair. Yeah. And Core has been going to it for years. It was my one time I got to go. And they go and they do different things all the yeah. time. And they've oh, got, and they started in college. So yeah, it makes and they oh, and they and they've also do did workshops there. Um, Eddie and Mel did workshops there for the kids there, for the young people there oh, awesome. on Suzuki and, and movement. And I, st- I still got video of, of these kids working their their things. Nice. They're, it, they're just fantastic people. They're yeah. some of my favorite people on the planet. It's Eddie and Amel are amazing. They're like just they're, they're, amazing we've, people. We've got to get them on this podcast somehow, and we just I, and I, I seriously feel like we just have to grow a little more before we can bother to ask. They them. are no, you got to reach out, but they are. I know they'll love doing it. Oh yeah. You don't ask, you don't get. And this is true. I just I have that imposter syndrome thing where I'm just like, this is just a little. Project. Oh, they'll do it. They'll do it. They, hell, they only live up the road. I know. Like, and, I talk but to they're them. just they're fantastic. Neighbors. They're so talented and they're so creative. I had a blast learning Suzuki from them. My problem is I have physical limitations and I cannot do it anymore. Here's my thing with Suzuki. Viewpoints for me, easy, because I have trouble with movement. Yeah. Because I'm I'm a big guy and I tend to be a little awkward. So movement for me is difficult. Mm -hmm. Smooth movement for me is difficult. But viewpoints help me so much. It is such a cool thing for me, and I enjoy it when we do our. And what they do normally when we're anti, we're outside of the COVID factor, yeah. is they you do training in Suzuki in COVID every night before before rehearsal. Mm-hmm. You do Suzuki exercises, you you do viewpoint things, and it's just fun. And I can take viewpoints and apply it to my performance. Okay. Suzuki is very energy intensive, and I find it to be a very, and this is my problem, and it's not things because people that, if you love Suzuki and you apply Suzuki, don't take this as a criticism. Personally, I can't figure out how to apply Suzuki, consciously apply Suzuki to a performance. But... But so, so for people who don't know a lot about what we're talking about, Suzuki is just a very physical way of holding your body. It's it's an energy thing. It's about okay. retaining and releasing energy in movement. Okay. And what it is, it's meant to teach you how to hold and release energy in performance. And I now this is what I've told, and I've told Eddie this. Maybe subconsciously it does. It has helped me do that. But I can't. I'm not consciously attaching that. 
because I'm, I'm also professionally trained actor. Too. Yeah, I, I've been. I have professional. Training. I mean, wait, so the minute you said that, what it what it connects me to is from martial arts training. Yeah. like your your key. It's, it's where very you're the same thing. The energy at Suzuki, the same time you hit Suzuki something. Suzuki training okay. comes from martial arts. Okay, that, so that's and sorry. and remember, ML and, and Eddie are trained by the experts in this on how yes. to do it, and they are actually authorized to teach it. Yeah, I, so I, I really got to reach out to them. They are just they're just brilliant. To have them on if here you get a chance like to a see a core production, you've got to watch I've it. seen so many core productions, and, and that's probably them. why I haven't reached and, out yet, because I'm a little starstruck. I'm and that's when they, and when they, and the, when they, I told them, when they, they reached out to me for the Scottish play, I went, yes, what, what am I playing? <laughs> they said you, you said yes before you asked I said I don't care you want me I will, I will do whatever you want I will play a plant for you I will stand there and hold a leaf and I once out by name has played a wall and because I've been in that I've actually done that same and uh but, but yeah, yeah, I will play a I will play a plant for them because they, I know it's going to be a unique plant, and that plant will be doing things. Yeah, because they are just that good. They they and really are. They're they're seriously some of the most talented people in the area, and I think that's that's literally what's like yeah. like brain powering me is I'm like oh my god, but they're like awesome, and I'm yeah. not. <laughs> yeah. Oh yes, you are. I stop. Like it. not in the way they are. Like it, it's, it's it's two different things. It, let's be honest. You are in your field. I, I they are in their field. Yeah. Okay. okay. Let's be real. We all have our areas have of expertise, and, and in your area of expertise, you're outstanding. So don't don't downplay yourself because I'll reach over and smack you right on the nose. I will shut I will up so that her I don't ass. get bopped because I I I, okay. I may be a black like, belt candidate now, but he can bop me. Okay. Well, it's because she's she's you know she's the size of a kitten. I'm not that small. I just look that small because of proportions. Yes, you are. You're small. My right leg weighs more than you. I, I very much doubt that, but I'm not going to go into that in okay. actual recorded like. And, and it's like John here. John here is an expert in sound and technology. Yes. In theater technology. There, there's a point at which I'm a little nervous about recording this podcast because John is here and I'm the one recording, and in that's fact, weird. In fact, he's using his own mic. Yeah. No, he brought his, which is appreciated because I only had three. It's an old mic. And then there's me, the jack of all trades and master of none. Ding ding. See, that's where I usually put myself. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but but then again, Bill is also not only he a fantastic actor, he's actually an excellent musician. And he plays how many instruments? I think like five, six. Banjo, guitar, mandolin, fiddle, auto harp, dobro, <clears throat> uh, Gee, a few other things there. Yeah, yeah he plays yeah, a little bit of everything. You can stop counting now. You're okay. you're past the number of fingers I have. <laughs> now, now I play a little guitar, and I go and I, I go to his jam session sometimes. And I play guitar with him, and on I play a little guitar, and we have some fun. And then I got wild a couple of weeks ago, and I bought a twelve string. Heyo. <laughs> and then what we what we were doing after rehearsal for for um, walk in the woods we were bringing our instruments and afterwards we'd sit up here with a beer and play a little and play a, do a little bit it was kind of nice wind down after after the filming and uh, but yeah i decided to expand my my guitar repertoire and i have three guitars i've got two 12 strings i mean two six strings and a 12 string i got a i got my martin six string i've got my hasismonia's classical nylon 
and I got my that that Yamaha 12 string now. So I've got a little little selection. Let's see. Y'all have like way more strings than I do. Then there's the bass guitar and the uh, electric bass, the electric guitar, the uh, dang nabbit. Ah, I feel like I Mountain Dulcimer. So you you tried you tried to show me what was that Dobro the one with the that Dobro is the one yeah. you sit that on your lap. I, I was like okay with that one, and then like I've got the ukulele which is four string, and then you gave me the the tenor guitar. The yeah tenor guitar or bass ukulele depending on what you're mm. basically it's still four strings. It's just bigger and the cording's different, I, yeah, which yeah. is fun. Um, and then I got a uh, a what is it? You could no. Banjolele. Like, I have one. You could banjo. That's not it. And then <laughs> banjolele. And then, if you I didn't notice, like I, if we talked earlier about that, the musical theater is Bill can also sing, and he's got a very nice voice, and he can sing. You, you, I think you're fucking tone deaf. <laughs> we, uh, we, I am we, going to have to edit this episode so hard, or I'm just, you know what? We're just, we're just gonna, we're just gonna click this episode off as explicit, and people are gonna deal with it. There you. <laughs> I'm sorry, she didn't tell no, me I had to watch my you're, language. You're, you're well, fine. We're, we're the whole we're kicker good. of that is, is I joined chorus when I was in fourth grade, and from that point on, I was always singing. Yeah. yeah. Well, right. I, I was never I was never trained to music, so I just kind of had to do what I did, and I, I'm getting and I've said, oh well, you have to actually listen to the notes. I, th- I think one of my one of my favorite claims to one of my favorite claims to fame was is that I got to uh, uh, sing opera on the Eastman Theater of Music. Oh, nice! Yeah. Uh, when I was in seventh grade. <laughs> See, when I was when I was a kid, like they they put me in chorus, and like we took. We took music lessons to a point, yeah. and then my um, when I got to high school, which for my mm-hmm. school section, because Catholic school was seventh through twelfth grade, um, you did uh, so your seventh grade year you did music and art, which was once a week for forty five minutes, and then your eighth grade year you did music and art, which was mm-hmm. once every other week, and it was basically like music art, music art, music art. Yeah. Um, and so, like, I never got to learn to read the notes. Like, I know that notes exist. I got, I got that, that end. And, like, I learned the, like, face thing, and I learned that every good boy deserves fudge or favor, depending on... Every good boy does fine. Yeah, um, whichever version you want. Um, and, like, I could, if you gave me the first note on something, I could follow the, like, jumps between the dots. Mm-hmm. But the dots never had a translation in my head. Like, they did not... There, there was not a, a good like mm-hmm. music theory class or anything that I took. So I started working at the symphony and they were all just like, you can't just read this score? No? Okay. Well, you're going to spend some time hanging out with this person and hanging out with this person and trying to learn the things that like you didn't get taught in school. Because so that's cool that they yeah. did that for you. That's really No, neat. it was awesome because like literally when I got to the ninth grade, my high school was like, well, you're an honor student, so you don't get art classes. That's not how we work. You're, a, you're an honor student. You should be taking sciences. <laughs> I, 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 I did two things when I got that high. Yeah. I was in auto shop because I'm a grease monkey and I was in drama because I liked it. Yeah. No, they, they would give me a piece of paper every year that I would fill out that said, like, what classes do you want to take? And they, from what I could tell, the guidance office would take that paper, promptly rip it into shreds, and hand me the A class schedule, which did not include any arts whatsoever. Um, because I was 
the valedictorian, and I was smart, therefore I should be taking four sciences. When I graduated, they expected me to go like NASA or whatever BS that was happening, and I went off to college and promptly became an arts major because I was done with that shit. Um, oh, I would have killed you going now. Yeah, no, like, like, like I'm, I'm with you. We're, we're well, there. Cheers. Well, There's... what happened to me was how I ended up in the Navy. It's kind of interesting I ended up in the Navy this way because growing up, I'm from an Air Force family, aviation family. Mm. And I have a brother who is a pilot, a couple of brothers who are pilots. My dad was in the Army Air Corps in World War II. And growing up, there was two professions that I wanted to do. Okay. I wanted either to be a pilot. I wanted to be either. I, actually, I wanted to be a Navy pilot. Or that's very specific. <laughs> because the Navy pilots flying off the carriers are the best in the world. Okay. So I figured that good. training would make me the best pilot, one of the best pilots in the world. Because he saw Top Gun. This was like <laughs> twenty-five years before Top Gun. <laughs> I'm yeah. just kidding. You, I. You dick. Anyway. I'm, I am the youngest person in the room here. We're just going to go with that, and I'm just going to okay. The rest there. of us are at least past the half-century mark. I, 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 Top Gun's awesome. Some We're of gonna... us are fucking old. <laughs> and then anyway. the other thing I wanted to, because my dad worked for the state, is I was very interested in law enforcement, hmm. specifically because we live in California, the California Highway Patrol. Hmm. But here's the so, thing. So, like, I got to ask, because this could mean just maybe being really young but like the the actual like tv show chip or... yeah the same organization but like because of that or no no okay. because i knew <laughs> my dad was friends with a lot of chp officers okay. <laughs> and i had a lot of contact with him and at the time the, Cal the california Highway patrol was rated as the number three law enforcement organization on the planet okay legit i just i yeah. i grew up watching chips so <laughs> yeah chips chips was and and and, and all the high patrol officers i knew were kind of like yeah we have a TV show, fuck, and <laughs> and my best friend's brother was a CHP officer, and he okay. was, he was a pretty good guy. He in fact he used to fuck with me. Anyway, that's another story. <laughs> I was going to get my girlfriend one night, and he rolled up next to me and lit me up, and I was like, oh shit! And he was what he waved and turned around, and went back the other way. Because <laughs> I was late picking my girlfriend up from work, and so I was hauling ass, and he came and ran me down. <laughs> He realized oh, no. he saw he recognized my my car was very distinctive anyway. Yeah, he and like also like you check the license plate and you're like, oh, that's well, my friend's car. I had car. a '57 like, oh. two door Chevy two tone blue and white. You couldn't miss my car. Nice. Yeah. So yeah, and it was like I'm... you asshole. But anyway, yeah. what happened was as I got up into school and I was very and I was I was taking all the math and science I could because you need to have a very strong math and science background. Yeah. To get into the Naval Academy, you to, had a to, legit plan. To, yeah, and I had a plan, in high school, and I was, like and I had been doing this like, for <laughs> years since elementary school. This is what I wanted to do. When out of the blue, they decided we are going to test you in school for color vision. Oh, I'm blue green colorblind. Yeah, I didn't know it until I was junior in high school. That's gotta be like a very life-changing thing if you didn't find out till high school like, it you know i kind of it was kind of like a joke but it wasn't confirmed i mean we all kind of knew i had color problems i mean like i, I gotta figure but, like i so what i know of color teaching is like my my mother teaches preschool yeah 
And like there, you know, preschool curriculum is basically like name your colors. Yeah. Was that just a problem or? But the thing is, they don't check to whether or not he said, "Which color do you like?" I like that one. Okay, cool. But yeah. So but, like I mean, you can still like you have a name for each of the colors, yeah, just but the not pro- the colors I see. No, here, no. Here's the thing: I actually can't differentiate between secondary and tertiary colors like you can. Okay. What happens is I usually only see the primary color. Gotcha. So like I'm red, gonna, green, I'm gonna, yellow. I'm going to tell you, I can like, see some greens, but not all greens. Okay. Like here's something that's going to blow your mind. When I look at lawns, beautiful, what you would call green lawns, mm-hmm. they're red orange to me. Whoa. Yeah. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. It's, 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 that's the best way I can describe it okay. because I always just thought, well, I mean, I'm just forgetting how, what these colors look like, you know, cause I, I was such a, a kind of a, doofus anyway but when it actually was confirmed and then they said you know this of your two professions that you want you're disqualified oh. for both of them yeah be 16 years old and get told that oh yeah and it just kind of wrecked me That's and so worse than just not 17 knowing what years, you want to do 16 17 years old and suddenly everything i wanted to do for since i was what six eight years old is kind of gone and it kind of really kind of fucked me up is there a reason you need to be able to see color to to oh yeah navigation oh okay it's it's in the it's navigation and and a peace officer in california is a requirement by law okay and uh which was really funny because i ended up being driving ships and being able to navigate ships but we go. won't talk about that. <laughs> you can navigate. Yeah, you can navigate in two dimensions but you have on the to be, water. Just and remember, like airfields and all that air. is is okay. all color coded and all that stuff. No, so, that kind of makes sense. So, like, uh, so I kind of kind of went off the rails for a while. Let's just say my seventeenth year is probably the best year to forget. <laughs> um, and then for me, I think that's like twenty two. <laughs> Through like twenty seven. Yeah, let's just say it's a year I should forget. And um, but I ended up graduating early anyway because I had all this I I had all these units for all these advanced classes. Yeah. So my senior year, I only had two classes. Nice. I had I had like three or four hours of auto shop, and then I had like three or four hours of drama. Oh, that that, that was awesome. my senior year. You know. I, I would have killed for that kind of senior it year. It was great. Literally. I was working on I worked on cars all morning and I played on stage all afternoon yeah. and helped and I was also a, a TA and stuff. It was fun. Yeah. And uh, but I ended up not knowing what to do. So that summer before senior year, I got called by a Navy recruiter and I said, I don't want to go to college because I don't know what I want to do. And my my parents though they were okay financially i didn't want to spend money on college that i didn't know what to do i didn't want to end up in in school and to me college meant going to the state university so i said so i went and i talked to the recruiter and i went and i tested and i tested very very high on the asvab and my my (laughs) my and my recruiter goes, ooh, nuclear power qualified. I went colorblind. He went, fuck. Oh, no. <laughs> and in those days. You get what? Okay, so why for nuclear power? Because actually it's for the electronics that control the nuclear plant. Okay. Because all that, all the wiring, all the controls, yeah, everything are color coded. No, this, this all makes perfect yeah. sense. And it's, it's like a thing that I never had to worry about. Because yeah. I like... 
I, I inherited a little of my dad's, like, I can't tell the difference between, like, navy blue, dark green, and black, but I've, I That's don't That's because it's the same blue. fucking color. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm with you there. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have but, it nearly as bad as yeah. you, and I actually was able to develop mine a little work, working yeah. at the pottery studio. I had to develop some yeah. of the so, color differences between different, like, very specific things. I can see primary colors. Okay. okay right now, I can see primary colors. It's when you get into the secondary and tertiary colors that I have trouble. Yeah. I see black, white, and, you know, RGB yeah. pretty much. Okay. So for you, primary color, you're talking the, the actual mixed primary colors, red, uh, red, blue, yellow? Or I can see red, blue, yellow. I can see most oranges. And, and I said most really bold colors I can see. Yeah. But if you get into the secondary and tertiary colors, what happens to me is I found out mostly, not all the time, what comes out to me is whatever the, the majority primary color in that is. Okay. And sometimes I look at something and I said, I got nothing. Yeah. No, this is like just a, a extreme lesson in privilege on my end because I'm yeah. just like, oh, wow. I but sometimes I just, I make a joke of it. I said, I see like a dog. It's all black and white and gray. And, and, and it's, but what happens is you're growing up and they find out you're colorblind. They say, oh, what color do you see here? What color do you see here? I said, get the fuck away from me. But, also, like and, if somebody else has been calling it a, like, if you're looking at green and somebody else has been calling it green your whole life, that's you're green. probably going to say green. It's just yeah. that you don't see the same thing I do. Yeah. And that's, there's a whole like, it's there's a, whole a name thing. for that. There's a whole and thing. Yeah. And, uh, and it, it, you can go down a rabbit hole on that. Yeah. Like, does it, do any of us, of the four of us here, do any of us see the same color that the yeah. grass actually is? But for like, me, it's the differentiation. Yeah. And, and I have to be very colorful. In fact, when I was driving ships, because I, I, I did get qualified to be officer of the deck on, on Navy ships, I have to really watch nav lights because real bold, regular colored nav lights, I can tell between the blue and the red, and I can tell all that. It's fine. But some of these more paisley weak nav lights on some of these older freighters, it's like, what the fuck color is that? And I'll, I'll grab it. I say, "What color do you see?" You know, and and, and but then again, yeah. I had radar, which helped. And uh, well, and but, also you had another person probably around who you could be like, "What color is that?" What well, I'm officer of the deck, so I really couldn't do that. Oh no! <laughs> Come here. Come here, Jod. You see that? What's what you see? And but then again, I had my I had my my surface radar. I had two surf. You know, yeah. it's, trust me, there's lots of things to help. There, you. There's there's other things. That, yeah, it's that not just visual. From, from and really I was really messing up. And here's the thing: I was actually a really good ship handler. I was actually a really good ship handler. I don't I, doubt that. And, uh, and it was used to confuse my, my captains because I'm an engineer. <laughs> but uh, I think Scotty, Star Trek, I did. That's what I did. Anyway. Um, Wait, like with the... Like, <coughs> no, that's Jordy LaForge. Yeah. So you're, you're thinking like Scotty, like the, the, the generation before. Yeah. 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 The original the series. Yes. No, the original series. So like, but James, like, James Doohan type. Thing I'm, I'm just Scott. saying like LaForge, like he couldn't he see anything. The, he's you the same see colors. Thing. I can see like, colors. Yeah. 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 It's a thing. I like her so much. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the uh, so what happened was they said, and I looked at it, what they had things, and they had some things called the advanced technical fields. Okay. And what it allowed you to do is go into these really advanced technical fields that had extensive training with sign-on bonuses and things like that, but it was a six-year enlistment okay. instead of a four-year enlistment. And after we got done with all the qualifications and everything, of the six-year enlistment, which is called 6YO, they said, you have two choices. 
You can be a boiler technician, which means operate steam plants, deal with steam boilers and stuff, which is hot, dirty, nasty work, which I went, ooh, cool. And, or you can be a corpsman. And I went, yeah, I'm not, I'm not a corpsman type. So I ended up being a BT, and I enlisted, and I did, I did six years as a BT. And I actually got, I went in, I went in delayed entry in the summer of 79. I went active duty in January of 1980. Okay. Because I graduated early midterm. I only needed one semester of my senior year to graduate. Oh, yeah. That makes and then I went in, and then I did six years enlisted, uh, two ships. I got out as a first-class first class boiler technician in... And here's a date for you. January 28th, 1986. Okay. That's a significant date. Do you know what, it meant, what date that was? So, no, but to my credit, I was a year and a half at that point. It's the day the Challenger exploded. Yes, that makes sense. My mom tells me I was taking a nap at the time. I got out. I got out. I was on the USS Constellation. I got on my motorcycle. Cindy had already, my wife had already gone up, up to Sacramento mm-hmm. in our house that we had up there. And I rode home, and it's, it's about a 10-, 12-hour ride on my motorcycle. I pulled up to our duplex. She comes out, looks at me, and she goes, the shuttle blew up. And we spent the rest of the night watching the news with everybody else. I was out for a year. Yeah. So my mom was watching because the Challenger had the first yeah. teacher who was supposed to be in space. Yeah. And my mom was a second-grade teacher at the time and had applied yeah. to be on that shuttle. Yeah. And uh, obviously, because me and my sister are still here and still have our mother, she did not get the job. Um, yep. Yeah. It's um, it was a rough day. Yeah. And um, that we're gonna I'll, go with that. But I was out for a year, and I realized that I really missed it. I really yep. missed the work. I missed and there's good and bad in the Navy, but the good for me it really outweighed the bad. So I went back in in January of 87, okay. and I did another seven years enlisted. I made chief in 89, and then when I ended up as the senior boiler technician on the USS Peleliu LHA-5 in 94, 95, my main propulsion assistant, who was a limited duty officer, looked at me one day and says, Chief, you're applying for limited duty officer, and I went, I'm colorblind. He goes, they dropped that requirement for limited duty officer. You're applying. I oh. said, I don't know. I, you know, because my because BT was going away because you know they pretty much decommissioned all the steamships. Yeah. So he played dirty and called my wife. <laughs> oh, oh, that's mean. And you can ask anyone around this table. My wife is a very formidable woman. Your wife is. Fucking awesome. (laughs) My wife is a very formidable woman. And she basically told me that I was applying for LDO. I said, all right, you assholes. I'm going to apply once because I really like being a chief BT. Apply once. And if I don't make it, I'm going to finish out my career as as a BT and we'll retire. (laughs) I applied once. I got selected. I did 15 years enlisted. I did another 15 years as as a naval officer. Um, made it all the way to chief engineer of a naval warship, and I retired at 30 years as a lieutenant commander. So I had a really good career. Yeah. Very eclectic career. 
career. I did everything. I did you yeah. know, I drove ships. I did gas turbine ships. I did combined gas turbine diesel ships. I taught I taught junior officers engineering. I got to play with special warfare for a few years. That was fun. That's awesome. <laughs> and I, I wasn't an operator. I was just I was just I was just the guy that took care of the boats, but still. But it was, but they still made my dumb ass get out there and run seven miles. But it was fun. It was fun. Seven miles. I don't think I had a good time. I had a good time as a neighbor. So I say I don't think I could run seven miles. This is the person who got signed up for a 10K and then went like, yeah, sure, it'll be. They they said literally the person who signed me up was like, you should come run with me. It's fun. We'll be in costume because it was the wicked 10K down here. And I was like, Please, okay. please tell me you're a Galinda. Please so, tell me you're a Galinda. Okay, so I was like, okay, cool. And then I was like, shoot, I need to find a costume I can run in. So this was shortly after the Force Awakens happened. So I, I, I went to, um, I went to a place and I, I got a, a Ray costume. You showed me pictures. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, yeah. so I, I, I got a like one up. Like I was wearing like you know, your your usual running stuff. So like you know, just shorts and a or capris and a, a tank top and i threw the one like one piece ray costume over it and the reason i got that costume is actually because it came with a bag because if you look at ray she's got the bag on the side and that's where i could keep the keys to my car because like every woman who listens to this podcast will tell you finding a costume or like literally anything that you're wearing that has pockets is like fucking amazing so yeah pockets. i went i went it always comes ray. back to pockets yep. Yeah, no, I went as Ray to this 10K. I uh, met up with my friend. We got started in like, I don't know, we were in like group 10 or 11. Like we were way back there, you know, they got us started. And she was like, don't worry about keeping up with me. Like go at whatever pace you've got, you know, like we'll meet up at the end. So I did a 10K and I like walk slash jogged. And mostly I was being kept you know, interested by this group of guys who went to the Wicked 10K dressed as the Space Force. <laughs> um, there was, yeah, no, there. so there was, like, three of them who were in a rocket ship. They had, like, straps on their shoulders, and it was, like, a front, middle, and back, so only the middle guy actually had to carry it. And then there was a guy who was dressed as the, um, uh, the, the former president who had the, like, mask thing yeah. and then there were three or four guys in um full-on suits running this 10k who when they took off their masks had lizard people masks underneath it <laughs> and they would um fake space battles uh, especially when the people with the with the cameras went by um, so I was like basically keeping up with them to keep up with the soap opera of this space force battle. Sounds um, like you're kind of guys there, John. And I ran a 10 K. Yeah. So I ran a 10 K in like under an hour and a half. Um, turns out that's about six miles. Yeah, I, miles. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't train. She was just like, we're going to run this 10 K. And I was like, that sounds like a great idea. <laughs> So I then went to my martial arts class. So, okay, so we get done with the 10K and everybody's got their bib that has the, like, beers on it. So I get a beer and a soup afterwards because I'm like, okay, this is needed. And then I handed them my, like, the rest of my my free stuff. And I was like, here, somebody else has to deal with these beers because I can't. I can't get any more soup. 
I have to go to my martial arts class. So I went to my martial arts class afterwards because I was like, if I don't stretch out, I'm going to die because I still didn't know how far I had run. And I went to the martial arts class, did the stretch out, did the whole martial arts class, found out later that another martial arts instructor had done the race and then not gone to the martial arts class because she is a smart person who knows how long a 10K is. I was like dead for the next three days. I could have bed. <laughs> I, I, you know, I was it, just like, what the hell? And then somebody was like, you realized you like jog slash ran like six some odd miles. I was like, no, who, why did I do that? <laughs> when, I, when I was back before, that was Friday. You know? <laughs> but, but the funny thing is when they first told me I was going to have to do that on Fridays, I went, you're out of your damn mind. Just, I, I can't. But know. once you get, once they, they beat it into you, it becomes, oh, it's just Friday. You know? I, I, and that's the thing. Like once the pandemic started, I started doing a 5K because from my house, which is yeah. very close to the theater, yeah. around to Plum Point Park and then up the yeah. Elizabeth River Trail to miles, Bluebird yeah. Park and then back to my house. Is a 5K. It's about two and a half and miles. So, it's a nice little yeah. run, yeah. No, I was doing That's that a nice once a day as like a walk slash jog thing. I wasn't specifically yeah. running. I was making but, phone calls at the time. But then one of my friends who would get off of work at like 4 or 5 o'clock would call me and we'd do the same walk. Yeah. So I was essentially doing a 10K a day. I was just doing it like four hours apart. Yeah. And that was, I mean, it was great. I was doing it. I was gr uh, until I got called back to work. I was doing that all the time. Yeah. The, I, like, I kind of, I kind of had that thing on Fridays when I was living mm -hmm. in San Diego in my trailer. Yeah. <laughs> That's a long story. It's, anyway, yeah, we'll anyway, I'd, I'd run with the crew in the morning. We were on six or seven miles. And then my friends, my friend Anelia had called me. She says, come run with me. And I go run three or four miles with her in the afternoon. Yeah. So I'd run 11, you know, I'd run 10, 11, 12 miles on a Friday. And your brain just doesn't recognize it. And they didn't it. recognize yeah. it. But I was in really good shape then. Mm -hmm. And uh, I'm not now. Yeah, no, I somehow, like, in all of this, gained an entire, like, pants size over the pandemic, even yeah. though I was wa doing basically a 10K a day, so, yeah. like, whatever. The, the problem I have is I, I, I'm behind a computer all day, you know. The, I, there's that, like, most of my job is... I used to cycle to a lot. I'm cycling more now than I used to because running is not, at my age now, it's not a good thing. Got you. But I cycle a lot more now, and I used to do, I had a, I have a good friend of mine, that lives in San Diego, and he was my supply officer on my destroyer. And he and I are good friends. We are total opposites politically, but we're really, really good friends. And yeah. he's just a wonderful guy. Mm -hmm. And uh, we used to ride, ride together, and he's about 10 years younger than me. And we used to go do the, so we did the Sovang Century up there in Sovang, California, a couple of times. The first year we did it, we rode together for about, the first 80 miles, and then he was just done. Oh, and he no. had to wait for the car, and I finished. The second time we did it, I didn't train as hard because I was getting ready to go back to sea. Oof. And the first, and I didn't eat properly, and the first 25 miles, I got, before we got to the first feeding station, I kind of bonked. And he beat me to the feeding station, and he didn't stay with me. He rode ahead, and, and he kind of, like it was kind of like, Oh, I won't stay with you. <laughs> I mean, that was my friend at the 10K. She was like, don't stay with me. Like, if you're at a bigger pace, just Yeah, no, he just left me. I said, like, okay. Yeah. But then I got to the feeding station, and I got my, I got some food in me. I said, I feel better now. Right. <laughs> Let's just say I beat him by about 20 minutes at the end. Ooh. So it's, you know, and it's yeah. just say that it was, and I still have that road bike. <laughs> 
but it was but we were muddy oh my god that year it had rained and there was mud and we were brown to the like to the Uh, thighs and our bikes my road bike is bright actually it's kind of a lime green but it's really bright uh and his and he was really into french bikes his bike was a peugeot it was really fancy but you can tell our bikes were brown They were they were mud brown and yeah. we, got, we had so much fun. Are so you sure about these colors? You should. Oh, <laughs> the lesbian. No, that's you mean. asshole. <laughs> but you know, you were talking about how you got into the navy. Mm-hmm. The whole thing that drove me into the navy: a, I'm an introvert. Okay. B, I. Whoa, 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 whoa! Wait. You're an introvert. You should see me at work. I don't talk to people. Throwing the bullshit fly. <laughs> anyway, so, meanwhile, back so to the ranch. There's a, no, there's, I was, there's I was a the visual that always, there that y'all didn't see, but yeah, let's yeah. go on with it. Right. <laughs> I was I was the guy that was always sitting in a corner reading a book. Okay. Always. I didn't interact with people at all. I got you. But anyway, I loved old old I loved watching movies and you know, back in the day when you had three channels and maybe that fourth UHF channel. And four, yeah. Yeah. Channel 44. PT, yeah. yeah. PT 109. Great okay. show. Loved that movie. And that's where I got the idea. I wanted to be a motor, motor Mac. Okay. Or motor machinist. Maybe. For me, it was in harm's way. Yep. Yeah. Oh, in harm's way was another good yeah. one. That's a great. That, that's a great show. That and midway. Of course, the Navy oh didn't, my god! Uh, operate those kinds of boats anymore. But the Coast Guard does. But uh, for me, at least, the nearest Navy recruiting station was in the next town over. The nearest Coast Guard recruiting station was in Boston. So. Because <laughs> you were, you were. I was going to say you were up in New England, right, Massachusetts, Don? Massachusetts. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Fucking Yankee. Yep. So I went in. <laughs> I went into the Navy and. I'm a fucking Yankee too. <laughs> Yes, I'm a damn Yankee. I came down here and I stayed. Wait. All right, all right. I got to admit, I'm from California, <laughs> so I'm neither. Okay, so we got so we got three carpetbaggers and a California. What are we? What are we all here talking about? Yankees, <laughs> <laughs> Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, right. and what? Because you know what? State New York. Up, you know okay, what? we got here's Pennsylvania, Massachusetts, New York, and California, the and they're all we, like fucking Yankees. All, we all live in Virginia now, and we've kind of been. Everyone in Virginia is a transplant, with very few exceptions. I know, like, so many... Okay, one of our listeners... One of our very, like... One of our listeners is definitely not a transplant. He was born here. Um, and, like, he's one of the few people who... You know exactly who I'm talking about. I know he's exactly who you're talking about. He's one of the few people who, like, actually sends us... Like, we love you, but every single person on this podcast right now is 100% a transplant, and three of us are but, Yankees, and you're going to have to deal with it. And, but here's the thing. But here's the thing. We've kind of we kind of just kind of got acclimated to the place, and, you know. Yeah, and, no. Like, I've, I've told and, people multiple times, like, I, I came down here for one or two years because the – the goal was like you got a contract, you tried to get the contract again, you tried to get the contract for your second year to prove mm-hmm. that you could get rehired. Yep. And then the goal was always get hired again. Instead I got promoted. We stayed okay. here in Virginia to get away from the taxes in our home states. Oh, yeah. There's that too. Oh yeah. Um but like at the same time, like, okay, I got promoted, now I have to stay another two years, that's four years. And then I was at the stage company right. and they hired another technical director and they were okay. like, can you train Here. this guy? And so yeah. it was another couple years there. Okay. And I sort of accidentally fell in love with the Hampton Roads area. Here, now I don't want to leave. And here's the truth. And here's the truth. 
It's a great place to live. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a, a wonderful place, place to live. The ocean it's... is freaking a half hour from here. Like, I can just go to the shore whenever I want. I used to have to take a two-hour drive to go to the Jersey Shore. I can just, like, go hang out and at the Bay or the Ocean. There are and community just... theaters an hour's drive from where I live. Yeah, no, there's, there's just... There's so it's... much art. There's yeah. so much... There's so much art. There's so much music. There's so much to do here. So here's the thing that I don't tell people very often, but when I was in the second grade, we had a, a map of the United States um, that in the Virginia section had a, um, a, a, like, the weird part for me now is that in when you saw the state of Virginia, the main, like, city that they put besides Richmond on this map was actually Chesapeake. Of all places. Hmm. And I'm I'm assuming it's because Chesapeake Bay, like Chesapeake, yeah. the city, they were like, this must be the big yeah. city here. Um, but I remember like the map of the United States in the second grade studying that and seeing the word Chesapeake and being like, I'm going to live there someday. And it was a certainty. It was not like a, oh, like whatever. Like I was very certain in the second grade that I was going to live in Chesapeake someday. And I came really close. I live in Norfolk. At the same time, I was uh, reading the Babysitter's Club series of books, and there was a character from Louisville, Kentucky. And my brain, in the exact same certainty, went, I'm going to live there someday. No, like, nothing. Just, it was a fact. I'm going to live there someday. I was seven. Yeah. But sure enough. I like Kentucky. I like Kentucky. It's a beautiful state. I spent an entire summer at the Kentucky Shakespeare yeah, Festival. I Almost Kentucky. two summers. There was a yeah. thing the second the, summer the that others, caused the, us to leave. And, and but like legit, I lived in Louisville. I am down right. here in Hampton Roads. Mm-hmm. I was certain of this in the second grade. Yeah, like it's cool. very weird to me, but and, I'm just and, like and, this and, is where I'm meant to be. I had no. It wasn't until later I had any desire to come out here. And, yeah. and it's really funny in the Navy being in San Diego. You hear all these horror stories about Norfolk. Until I got so transferred. So many people told me about, oh my God, you're on Norfolk? Until like, I got transferred here and mm-hmm. found out, this place is great. Yeah. No, and I, then, I can't I tell you how many people were like. I was stationed at Fleet Combat Training Center yeah. in Damnick in 1993. And that's a great place. Well, it got a lot better after they took the uh, no dogs or sailors on the grass signs down. Yeah. Yeah. So there, there is there Those is were specifically for Bill. There is a point at which I'm fairly certain most of the stories I was told were probably from 20 years prior. You know, But when I started, when, when I told people when I was in upstate New York that I was moving to Norfolk and I was going to be working downtown, they freaked out. Like they were like, don't go here, don't go there, don't do this, don't do that. And I got here and I was like, I don't Once upon a time that was probably true. Yes. But it's not anymore. But it's not, that's not the thing. That's the thing is like, it's a beautiful city. And I got here and I was like, what were they all talking about? They were talking about, you know, the stage company used to be a burlesque Oh yeah, right. no, I worked to, for the stage company. <laughs> we were so I still have um I am one of the few people in Hampton Roads who has some of the posters from when it was a porno house. Ooh. Yeah, I'll have to bring those in so you all. No, not pictures of it. It's a porno house, like posters <laughs> from the pornos. From the marquee. Yeah. Yeah, with the like the the sharpie like sharpieing <laughs> out the sections that they couldn't have on the marquee. I'll have to bring it in a couple. Oh, like, you gotta bring it. Let's see it. Yeah, it's epic. But yeah, it, I tell you, it's I, I I really love it here. And and there's, there's like I said, it's I'm from California. And once upon a time, and this is when I was growing up, California was a place you went because if you went there, you could live your life exactly the way you wanted to. Mm-hmm. 
-hmm. It's not like that in California anymore. There's a lot of restrictions on how you can you can operate. The 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 government is in your business constantly, and I've got a lot my 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 best friend and my and my oldest brother have both moved out of California because they just couldn't deal with it anymore. Which is weird because my my best friend Rick never wanted to get out. So, but anyway, and but I love it here. I've been trying to talk. I try to talk to people who move out here all the time. Oh yeah, no, I I'm just. You know, I I moved here. My sister moved here to work at the stage company with me. She actually stayed at the stage company longer than me. Um, like I just, we both feel like we belong here in a weird way, and it's it's a thing. I moved down here because I wanted to get away from the snow. Reasonable. That is another. I detest snow. Oh my god. Fuck you. Bye. All right. All right. We're we're gonna we're gonna just take this and and take it together. Okay. Yes. You have been listening to Ghost Light, the podcast of the Little Theater of Norfolk. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review so that more people can find us. You and your friends have likely found us on one of the following. Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Overcast, Breaker, Pocket Casts, Radio Public, CastBox, Stitcher, or TuneIn. That's always fun. <laughs> I like that we do it that way now. Love it. <laughs> it's almost as fun as clapping. Not, not really. <laughs> uh, one of these days we will have a real soundboard and that we can mix things in before we start recording and we won't have to clap so that I can put everybody's uh, stuff in the same place. And then we're going to rem- uh, reminisce and talk about how much we loved it in the old days. When we were <laughs> when clapping. We, yeah. When we were running wires everywhere and clapping. Right. Uh, not really though because i'll be able to like edit the podcast in less than an hour yeah honestly we've just <laughs> discovered that like there may be a soundboard that we can use and we're just like why did we not know yes yeah. anyway. at the same time we're grateful yes no we're, we're <laughs> gonna we're gonna test it out soon and maybe things will get way easier to put together soon that would be awesome uh but yeah Anyway, um, would you like to talk more about something we've said? Want to tell us a quick tale about when you were involved in a show at LTN or maybe a show somewhere else? We're not that picky. Uh, do you have a ghost story to tell us? Uh, just want to call and say you love us. We we need we need that, guys. It's been a long year. Yeah, uh, seriously. No. Uh, but seriously, we would love to hear from you. Uh, give us a call and leave us a voicemail at 757-632-3281. Please remember that all voicemails will need to be under three minutes or it will just hang up on you and we won't get your message. And that would make us sad. It would. <laughs> Alternatively. Although we c- wouldn't know, so maybe it wouldn't. Oh, accurate. <laughs> It'll make you sad. <laughs> and we don't want sad. you to be sad. We'll be sad. We won't know why we're sad. And quite frankly, like we have too many mental we're health issues for that. We're that empathetic. So, oh my so gosh. So just like don't, <laughs> d- just keep it to under three minutes. Or, or you can write to us at LTN, uh, excuse me, at info at ltnonline.org for as long as you want uh, using the subject line ghost light and we will read your email on the air but keep in mind if you pick that method we get to put the inflection wherever we want and if you use naughty words we may just not say those depending on how much beer we're having that night yeah this uh th- this episode honestly may get an explicit tag just because I don't feel like editing the interview that well. Yeah. I mean, we go back and forth on that. Like, we want to be family friendly, but at the same time, uh, for real, it's theater. Um, so we'll just it try is. and warn you. And I don't know. If you guys have been listening to the news lately, like, I've heard a lot of F-bombs because they're just like, eh, it's a court case. So uh, <laughs> that's what's happening. That's the thing. All righty. Well, follow the Little Theater of Norfolk on Facebook at Little Theater Norfolk. That's T-H-E-A-T-R-E. 
and on Instagram at little underscore theater underscore Norfolk. Again, that is theater with a T-H-E-A-T-R-E because we're just like that. Yeah. And now we leave you as we leave the theater each day. Good Good night. night.